Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy-to-understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment, even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey, this is Grayson. You're listening to The Real Kathy Lee. She's lit! Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. All right. Oh, I'm totally keeping that on there. (laughs) So we um, just recorded the podcast that you hopefully listened to and loved and couldn't wait till next week got here. And we thought, you know what? That creme brulee was so good. Mm. We've got another one in us. What do you think, Jamie and Arlene? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they're going to figure out who's doing that. I bet they did. (laughs) That's next, ladies. Next. Finish this podcast and we can do all of that. I want video. We don't dance. We are so, so sorry. (laughs) Well, who says we really dance? We're going (laughs) to attempt it. And once again, be thankful this is audio only. So uh, we were talking about how we started homeschooling and what we'd go back and tell ourselves. So if you didn't listen to that, go back and listen to that first. All of our jokes will make sense. (laughs) And so we decided, though, another topic that might be helpful to record and chat about would be How do you do it with different ages? We get asked that all the time. You know, how in the world do you homeschool a high schooler and an elementary schooler or have a baby while you're trying to school your fifth grader? So let's talk about that. So um, Arlene, tell everybody your ages because you have 14,000 children and (laughs) tell them. (laughs) Yeah, in the homeschool community, people look at me and go, oh, you only have four kids. Oh. And I almost sheepishly want to apologize. Yes, I only have four. But I it's thought you had five. Four. <laughs> no, it's just With four. With her daughter in love, she does. Oh, That's okay. True. All right, all right. So I, was her also homeschooled. Yes, she so was. I have four children. All right. My oldest is 21. Yeah, yeah. He's a senior on full scholarship, and he's also married. I have a 13-year-old daughter, a 9-year-old son, and a 5-year-old son. Oh, that does make four. It does make four, but I do have a daughter in love. Oh, my gosh. Our daughter in love's not the best. Oh, let's just her. talk about that for two seconds. has so nothing much. to do with homeschooling, but let's just get a shout-out <laughs> to our shout amazing... Out. I had my daughter in love on the podcast, and I... Caroline, who I adore. Caroline, are you listening to how much... Bring those babies to see me. And then I'm about to get a new daughter in love, Emily, who is Aww, precious, uh, September 2nd. So we will get Emily. another daughter, and she is adorable. 
um, Caroline was homeschooled for a bit. Emily, I don't think was homeschooled. Um, they're great. I love it. I love, and I'm boy heavy. I need some women. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to have that. So, okay. That's our shout out to all daughter and loves. Yeah. Yay. You love daughter and loves. <laughs> we love them. Okay. Jamie. Okay, so I have two still at home, and I have a one 13-year-old daughter and one almost 5-year-old daughter on Monday. So I officially don't have any little tiny little babies anymore. Well, no, isn't that sad? That's a sad reality sad. to me when they're all... I mean, all... the womb is closed, and I'm glad we've moved out of yes. diapers and <laughs> up all night feedings and all of that. Because this mama is old and tired, but I'm just going to miss it. Yeah. I still yeah. call my five-year-old my baby. Yeah. Oh, me Everybody too. Everybody in the house, I'm like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? The baby. <laughs> and they're <laughs> going, Mom, I'm not the baby anymore. Well, As he's turning my on my iPhone and playing with me. Yeah, I call mine the littles. Um, Sarah and Henry, yes, they're 13 I and 11, and they're the littles. And they're like, really? Yes, you're the littles. The littles, the middles, and, and the, the bigs. Team. Yeah. Littles, middles, and bigs. That's like what that. I call them. Yeah, littles, middles, and bigs. So, and I have 33 down to 11, so definitely don't have any littles really anymore. But the ones that I have homeschooled have been 22 is my oldest, and then 11 is the youngest because most of my kids are adopted, as you know, if you've listened to this. And so some we brought in as adults. So, but have homeschooled all the way through, have one in college as well, about to start his junior year. So let's talk about what are some things you do to make sure you're spending time with all ages involved? Oh, gosh. Well, I think because if you listen to the first podcast that we did, I'm very type A. And so I want those schedules and I want, I think that they would work when I first started, I thought that they would work, but I realized that I need more of a routine and not a schedule because that just doesn't, it just doesn't play well with homeschooling. It's not realistic. And if you really have a heart to heart with yourself, you have to say, why am I doing this? And it's not to churn out little mini hues to where you, you know they follow a schedule and they do this otherwise they would be in some other situation they would be in public school where they have to be on a schedule so yeah. um, routines work really well for us and um, you know sometimes both kids are involved in stuff sometimes just one or the other is involved um, with my oldest you know she is up later and because she's a teenager she needs more sleep so she gets to sleep later so that allows me one-on-one time with my youngest and then she can go and play and I can have one-on-one time with my oldest, but then I can bring them together and we can do, you know, some sort of, um, whether it's a read aloud or whether it's an audio book or, you know, my oldest is writing some sort of research paper. My youngest can do something fun with, not that research papers aren't fun (laughs) and can't be fun, but, you know, one thing with learning with them being so little is we want them to enjoy the learning when they're little because they are going to get older and there are going to be things that they have to do that are not as enjoyable as playing. But yeah, you know, when they get to college, their professor is really not going to appreciate it if I didn't teach them certain fundamentals (laughs) of just how, you know, to get along in life. So I think a routine is important to implement um, just so you have a little bit of structure 
but not so much as, you know, we've got to do this from this time and we've got to do that because that just makes everybody crazy. Sorry, I've got to sit up in bed. I'm getting a little sleepy. It's <laughs> getting <laughs> late. Um, yeah, I am totally a fan of routines versus schedules, but there are moms who love books like The Managers of Their Home. I think you alluded to those types of books where it tells you exactly how to do a 715, yeah. 718, you brush your teeth, <laughs> 719, you floss, 723, you start cooking breakfast. And those drove me crazy. Like, I made my schedule. It was beautiful. Oh, loved it. But I could only follow it for about a day before I wanted to stab my eye out. And so I... I don't think I could even follow it for a day. Yeah. I always made it. And it was like, this is our lofty goal. This is yeah. what we're going to shoot for. And we're going to have those morning devotions. And everybody's going to have their teeth brushed so that we're not breathing gross stuff on each other. Yeah. <laughs> and we're all going to get dressed. And we're all going to do our morning chores. And then we're going to start a happy heart at yes. 8 a.m. But literally, my kids would be like, well, it's 7.05 and I already finished everything. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> that's not going according to my schedule. I We need to rethink that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Um, so routines are definitely. The routine definitely... is just that, I think, besides slowing down and enjoying the journey, just a routine. And, you know, there are times when a schedule is necessary. And, um, you know, if you choose to do a co-op or you choose to do a hybrid or, um, you do something at your house there, you're going to, there are going to be times that you will need a schedule, but yes. for the most part, a routine really works well for the majority of the people because homeschooling is so flexible. Yeah. Let me interrupt for two seconds and just let's explain what co-ops and hybrids are. Cause I definitely get asked when we're in the booth, you know, what's a hybrid, what's a co-op. So if you're new and listening to this. Um, really it's just a co-op sometimes is where parents are involved doing the teaching and you're sharing the teaching. So everyone participates and you're all there together. It might be two families. It might be a very organized co-op where it's a lot of families. Hybrid is typically more structured. It is uh, m- most of the time you go and you drop your child off for their academic lessons or whatever lessons for one or two days a week or depending some hybrids like classical conversations the mom does go and attend in those early years with the child my kids attend a hybrid we do audios academy it's a fine arts hybrid so they have fine arts um lessons on monday they do drama and their music and that kind of thing and they do their other academics on thursday so lots of different choices it's a great blend it gives parents a nice opportunity to have someone else teach some of the lessons some years we've done them, other years we've stayed at home and taught everything ourselves. No right answer. Again, the beautiful thing about homeschooling is, it's an example I use today several times talking to parents, it's like the difference between a group exercise class, Zumba, and a personal trainer. You yeah. have a group exercise class, you're teaching to the masses, but then you get that personal trainer to really work on those parts that you really want to you know, develop or decrease or whatever. Um, so, you know, decrease in my, in my, um, yeah, life. Anyway, yeah, that relay was so good. Um, trainer, please. Um, I'll just, I, yeah. I just confess. I mean, I uh, apologize and repent to my firstborn all the time because we followed a schedule. Yeah. I, I am like task oriented and let's get everything done. I want to do Latin. I want to do logic. We're going to do the four, you know, history year cycles, and we're going to do chemistry. We're going to do physics, and this is all by second grade. Oh, wow. So I'm following all these schedules and getting all this stuff done, but I think over time, I have just relaxed a lot, and by relaxed, I just mean like, let's just go with the flow a little bit. 
um, in the beginning, I was uncomfortable with going with the flow. Well, and I think we, some parents work best with schedules. So yeah, I don't want to say the schedules. Right. And I don't want to say schedules a bad right, thing, no. but I do think it's knowing yourself. And I think it's knowing your children. Right. Again, depending on the age of your kid, how many kids you have, what's the span? Because we're talking about schooling all different ages. I, I think you've just got to be willing to be flexible. Yeah. You've got to be willing to adjust. If it's working, that, go for it. Yeah. Because my firstborn, he didn't have a lot of extracurricular activities. Really, our homeschool was the only thing we had. Yeah. So it was okay that he woke up at 7 in the morning, ate breakfast, did his morning chores, and we were at the school table by 8. Yeah. Now, with my other kids, you know, my daughter, I told her, was in dance. She's in dance at night till 9.30. Yeah. So for her to be able to come home, eat some more take a shower, get some good sleep. I'm not going to wake her up so that she can be at the table at 8 o'clock. It's just not kind, and we wouldn't have a good time. So I let her sleep in a little Mm -hmm. bit later. The boys, they're going to be up, so, you know, we're going to hang out. But it's a totally different, um, like, I don't know how to say it, like a different life than I had with my firstborn. Mm -hmm. So I've skewed it to where I can be more flexible and not just be like, well, we're 8 a.m. school people. We were, because that worked for us with my firstborn. But right now, it's not working for us. So I'm trying to do what works for our family now. I think that's great advice. And I think that's the one thing parents have to realize. I think this homeschooling thing is so easy. When I just was schooling John Michael, I mean, I was like, man, we are rocking it. I'm going to be speaking at a conference one day, telling people how together I have it because I'm so good at it. But then when you start adding in other children, you're like, wait a minute, how do I balance this? How do I juggle you not, um, you know, beating your sister over the head while I'm trying to teach you a math lesson? And it was, it just feels near impossible yeah. some days. Well, and you have to learn sometimes really quick that, you know, when your older child is trying to do math, that your younger child, it's not music lesson time. Right. And, you know, especially if the older child needs quiet, you know, for you to say, oh, well, here, let's do this activity while they're doing their math. That's the most inopportune time. But, and there's going to be seasons where you have to follow a schedule. There's mm-hmm. going to be seasons when you're going to do some not very enjoyable things to get through. I mean, as your, let's face it, as your children get older, like I said before, there are going to be things that they have to learn that they may not be interested in. Well, and sometimes it's a juggling act. Like I remember Definitely. when I had babies, when they were napping, I mean, it was like, go. You know, the baby's asleep. Let's run to the table. Let's get that math lesson done when it's quiet. Or I had two little ones at a time, and they would be engaged in an activity. So I'm like, like run in the other room now. Let's yeah. get it done. So it's not always this pretty, um, you know, fairy tale type of schooling. Sometimes it is just let's get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have to work, and it would be the afternoon nap, or it would be while well, I'm nursing. Well, I remember there you go. Yes. Baby. And being like, okay, bring me your spelling cards. Absolutely. I know this baby's going to be nursing for 15 minutes. I've got 15 minutes to give you your spelling words. I love that. That's exactly what happens. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely okay. I think one of the best things that I learned early on and put into practice is that when you have a lot of children, use them. Oh, yes. Yes. So what I would do is my older ones would work with the younger ones while I was working with the middle one. Then the middle one yes. would play with the younger ones while I was working with the older one. And we would rotate. And it, that was two, it did two things. It gave kids a break from their school. So they got to build in a break. And they got to have some play time, usually yes. some sensory time, yes. which was actually going to benefit them. And then... Um, it helped me focus on those other kids. So, and everyone felt as if they were apart. 
And I love that. Develop leadership skills in my older kids. They got to be the teachers. They got to be the ones that helped. So I thought it was a win-win. One of the best things I, I recommend it to everyone Use that. Rotate your kids. You don't have to have them all at a table. The two-year-old, the four-year-old, the six-year-old, the eight-year-old, the ten-year-old does not need to be at the 12-foot table like some TV shows sitting and (laughs) singing and doing their lesson happily. It doesn't have to look like that. It can. Why are y'all laughing over there under your breath? (laughs) I I just had this conversation with a gal at the booth today. Yeah. I was, you know, deer in the headlights never homeschooled. She was getting ready to start and she's like, oh my goodness, what do I do with my little ones? Well, I'm trying to teach my other ones. And I literally said, you know, like put her in front of me and this is, this is the craziness of my life right now. So I'm going to give you something to do. Here's your sensory bin. And they get so excited because they know they're getting a new one every month. What's my sensory bin this month? And it's an exciting thing. And I put it there and I say, okay, we have at least 10 minutes. And I literally flip my body you know, six inches to the left and I've got the other kid and I'm like, while he's in the sensory bin for 10 minutes, we're going to do some math drills or we're going to do, you know, geography or whatever we're going to do because sometimes it's literally like that kind of juggling. You're here and you're here and sometimes they all want to be next to me. They do. Yeah. Definitely not around the table like in movies, but I'll be in, you know, teaching one kid math or English on the board and then the one will bring his book right next to me reading it right next to me while my preschooler will be at my feet and he'll bring his little you know trucks and stuff and he wants to be at my feet but it's okay it is okay I'm juggling and that's where they want and to I be. would always also say, teach as many things together that you can. Yes. Like, you don't have to have science yes. for every single person. No. Do one science lesson. Yes. The older child can write a paper about yeah. it if yeah. you yeah. need to give them some more. Absolutely. Do that. Have them do more research. I do that with history, too. Not only are they Absolutely. learning as far as writing a paper or whatever, but if you're giving them research job... They're they're actually learning how to research. Yeah, study something. skills right you know, there. Problem solving, study skills on what different things can they do besides Google, and you can even do that. Say, Absolutely, hey, you've got to find me three things and not using Google. And after they pass out, they'll come right. back. They're going to be like, I don't <laughs> the, know right. what else. What, what? Is Google? Siri? Okay, let me ask Siri. Yeah. And then the other thing do is have them, you know, give a talk on it. Let them present it to their yes. siblings in a creative way that keeps yeah. their siblings engaged. Developing um, public speaking skills. Yep. It is so helpful. And they've got to come up with props that are going to keep their siblings engaged. engaged. And it's fun, you guys. They laugh and they think it is silly and be animated. I remember John Michael doing um, that with Nomads. And it was hilarious. He even went and made a costume to present this to his siblings. Oh, yes. And it's perfect. But if you can get the whole family involved, that's why I do love programs like Tapestry of Grace that they really do want you to... You know, keep them together as much as possible. It's the benefit. It's the one-room schoolhouse model. So use that. that. Don't try and separate them out and teach this to this one and this one. Oh, my goodness. They can do so much together. I love having them act it out. Yes. You can prove to me that you understand something. Show me. Yeah. Don't just stop facts off to me, but show me. And, you know, at first they're a little bit bashful, like, oh, you, what? You know, if they're not in the performing arts school and they they need to work on their public speaking skills. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Yes. Show me. Show me what you just read. Whether it's science, whether it's history. Right. And then they end up loving it. They do. 
Well, and, and again, teaching their siblings and their siblings look at them like, oh, you're the master. I love having older siblings teaching younger siblings. Yeah. I'm telling another, a different gal at the booth. I'm like, yes, this you know curriculum is designated for three to seven year olds, but I have a 13 year old who will be listening to what we're doing. She didn't get enough sensory stuff, so she's always curious about it. And you know, when the boys aren't looking, she's digging her hands in the mm-hmm. sensory bins. I mean, she won't tell them that. Sure. But she loves to teach it. You know, oh, mom, can I teach him how to do the finger painting um, letters? And can I do the cotton balls and the marbles? Can I teach him? Right. And meanwhile, up to his sister, yes. like, oh, yes, sister. And I'm like, okay, great. That means I've got time with Dallas. Absolutely. I can go do spelling with him. And, okay, Tatum, you've got Josiah. All right. All, and sometimes when I need time with, you know, the older one, I'll even have the middle one teach yeah. the little Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Same. Well, when it gives them ownership, then they... You know, they, it usually makes them feel, not that they don't feel valued because that's one thing you want to do as a parent, but when they get to take it on their own and put their little spin on it, you know, you can hear, I mean, they're little sponges and I mean, they're big sponges too. So if they start something, especially if it's the middle one or, you know, the third one of the, you know, of the, of the five, you know, when they're like, well, now we're going to, you know, you can just hear sure. them and, and they're modeling what you're doing. Absolutely. But then they're putting their own spin on it. And that's, that's really a life skill. It is. That's what I was going to say. We're developing social emotional yes. skills, which are so important. Those need to be developed in the early years. And so often in the homeschool yep. world, we don't give them the opportunity to do that. So we really are, you know, offering something great by helping them be a part and by them working it, it goes with everything and sibling relationships oh wow. my gosh Absolutely. watching them work together which they yes. would not on if they were in school and my kids have said that before I mean don't get me wrong they can fight each other oh like oh my can mm-hmm. they can fight each other like a at the same big time big old WWE wrestling match right <laughs> yeah body slam oh. <laughs> take them down yeah but at the same time they are developing relationships with each other and they're going to be siblings for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and just great interpersonal skills, you know, mm-hmm. just in general too. So, I definitely would recommend that. Is there anything else you would say that would help schooling through the ages? We've already actually talked for a bit. Is there anything we left out? I would say, you know, you want to be intentional. You when you're in the trenches and you are feeling like, "Oh my gosh, I got to do math with this one. Am I going to do this with this one?" Yeah. Because there are some things that you can't do together. And, yes. You know, I I'm a believer of that. I you know I try to pull my youngest in with my oldest one when we do science or we do history yeah. or whatever. And you know she wants to do school right along with her. So you know when I pull her in, but I also have to remain intentional with giving them their own time. Sure. Absolutely. I think that's where the self-care comes in that we talked about in the last podcast is, you know, we have to be, you know, in our own routine and we have to make sure we take care of ourselves so that we have the energy (laughs) to do that and to be who we're supposed to be for each child. Mm -hmm. And it's different. And I think that goes back to knowing each kid, knowing, each knowing their love language, because if quality time is their love language, that's the kid you grab to and take. if you have more than one child, chances are they don't have the same No, style no. At all. You grab them, you put them in the car. When you're running a quick errand and spouse is home or something, you take that child with you. I mean, my kids, they'll tell you it's kind of their mama's lecture time they laugh but it's really just time i mean we've had the talk in the car before um because one of my kids is like when am i gonna have the talk i'm like right now no, <laughs> let's, let's do it time 
<laughs> and sure enough, we did it. But you know what? It's just that, again, philosophy, that attitude of life. You just teach anywhere and everywhere. So take advantage of those moments you might not deem you know, this isn't school. Yeah, it is. This is school. If you're sitting at the dentist's office and one kid's back there and you've got a second kid with you, use that time with that child. Don't, you know, it is multitasking, but it's just making the most. Don't Don't waste away. You have to use that time teaching. That's right. Use yeah. that time to just talk with them. Absolutely. And their mom. Tell and, a story about when you went yeah. to the dentist and, and how that felt. You know, or, yeah. Hey, you know, what do you, what have you been thinking about? Yes. Or, you know, maybe you didn't have time, you know, two days ago to talk about something they worked on. That yes. They were so proud to show you and it just wasn't a good time. Bring that back up. Absolutely. That what a great point. Yes. They've done and it reminds them and they're like, oh. You know, they may have not shown that they were disappointed. Yeah. Or they may have had a full-on tantrum. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. you don't know. Yeah. But then if you bring it back up and you don't focus on that tantrum or you don't focus on the fact that you weren't able to pay attention just say, hey, buddy, you know, what was, you know, when you worked on that, what were you thinking? Or, you know, would you maybe do another, you know, drawing for me or Absolutely. something like that? Absolutely. Yeah, I've been guilty of brushing them off mm-hmm. for sure. I think we all have. So I love that. Bring it back up. All right, Arlene, anything else? And. Final final thoughts? You think you got it? Oh, I had something, but I was so wound I know. up with what James said. I know. I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I missed oh, my loser, loser. Oh, not really. Not really. <laughs> you can do better next time. Right. <laughs> there's, six months. there's always grace. <laughs> Okay, well, as you can tell, we're getting the sleepy sillies. So we should probably say good night. I'm so glad you guys listened. I hope this helps. If you have lots of kids, hang in there. I don't think you'll ever regret having that last one. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.